there anybody with a testimony today that God's kept you? He's brought you through. Uh, he brought you over. Would you stand to your feet all over this house one more time and give God a great big praise? Woo! I think we ought to praise him like one writer said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of, I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm not in jail. I'm not in a hospital. I'm not six feet under. I'm in my, come on somebody, give God some praise. Woo! We have been in an incredible season of revival and we are excited this morning. Just remain standing as we prepare for the word of the Lord today. We are excited to continue in that trajectory this morning. It is a, a distinct privilege and honor of mine to bring to this desk today a, a dear friend of mine, Pastor Douglas Walker, all the way from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Would you help me give him a great, big, resounding Rock Church welcome this morning? Amen. I have known Brother Walker for some, uh, some years now, and uh, he and I have become great, great friends with many mutual interests, uh, mainly the kingdom of God. And uh, he was a very successful pastor for many years in Yucaipa, California. Prior to that, traveled as an evangelist for many years. And uh, a few years ago, God saw fit uh, to orchestrate a transition. And he assumed the pastorate of Truth Church in Calgary under the uh, leadership of uh, Bishop Dr. Johnny King, who is no stranger to this house. And under his leadership uh, in the past few years, the church has doubled in size. And they are experiencing incredible, incredible revival. Uh, I love this great man of God, and it is a privilege to have him here today. Brother Walker, we want you to know that we're ready to do whatever God's laid on your heart. We're excited that you're here. We want you to just rear back and give us what God's given you. Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise? as he comes to deliver the word. so, so very much. Um, I give honor to Bishop and First Lady Williams. Love and appreciate them very, very much. And uh, I appreciate the hospitality. I appreciate all of the kindness that you have showed. But more than anything, I appreciate friendship. I'm at a place in my life where relationships mean more to me than anything else. And I have, I have lost friends and relationships in the past because of different decisions that they have made. And I appreciate friends that are faithful and friends that are true. Love you and appreciate you all very much. 
Amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 4, and we'll read verse starting in verse number 1. I have been an admirer of the Rock Church, Fort Myers, for quite some time. I love what's happening. I give honor to God, to your leadership, and to you for what God is using you to do in this city. And not only in this city, but us that are around North America look into this place and say, that's awesome. And I celebrate you, and I celebrate what God is doing in your ministries. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted, he did eat nothing. He was tempted of the devil, and he ate nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. The devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world, and in a moment time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it, I give it. And if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had departed and ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out fame of him throughout all the region round about. I'd like to preach to you this morning for a few moments on sonship, which is the antidote to identity crisis. How many know you're called of God this morning? How many know that the Lord has asked you to do something, to be something? Come on, let's lift our hands right now and ask God to confirm it. Lord, would you confirm your glory, confirm our calling, Confirm your word in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you today. You may be seated. Amen. This is one of the most famous texts of the New Testament. It is powerful in every sense of the word. And many times when it is preached at its superficial level or surface level, not to mean in any way that that's not important, but just that first scratch of the surface. This text must mean that all who follow Christ shall overcome temptation. That all who live for Jesus Christ shall overcome every onslaught of hell and his dominion. At its surface level, it must mean that you can conquer everything that is thrown at you through the word of God. It must mean that. 
It cannot mean less than that. It must mean that as Jesus overcome this temptation, so also will you overcome temptation. You have that power through Jesus' life, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through the death, burial, and resurrection of the gospel, you can overcome temptation. It must mean that at least. Now, Jesus was tempted in three points. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, it talking about love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that is of the world is what? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so when Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 tells us that Jesus was tempted in all points, it must mean that Jesus was tempted in all of these three categories. And so we understand this to mean that Jesus was tempted in all of these three categories uh, and so will you be tempted in these three categories. Now, I don't believe that Jesus was tempted in every little, every little nitty gritty and nasty thing. I think Jesus was tempted in all the categories of sin. And so what Jesus was tempted in, and you may, you know, find that you're tempted in this area or that area, and others may be tempted in one thing or one particular, but basically all the sins of the flesh fall into the category that Jesus was tempted in here, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so it must mean that you can overcome this. Now, Jesus was tempted and said, command that these stones uh, be made bread. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is the lust of the flesh. Obviously, Jesus hungered. Obviously, Jesus wanted uh, what Satan was asking him to do. But the thing is, is it must be that we can overcome that. Why? Because man shall not live by what he wants. Man shall not live by what he lusts for. Man shall live by bread that comes uh, from heaven. Uh, for every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is the bread of life for us. So it must mean that. We take no, we take no exception. We take no umbrage with that. It, it must mean that. But it devil takes him also into the holy city. And set them up on a pinnacle and said, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Verse number 7 of Matthew 4, Jesus says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So again, he is taken up in the lust uh, or the pride of life is presented to him, go ahead and cast yourself down. And if you cast yourself down, then they will know because the angels will take charge of you. And what he quotes is Psalm chapter 91, verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all ways, and they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So again, it must mean that God can give you victory over these things. Now again, the lust, everything is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Because the lust of the eye says, I see it. The lust of the flesh says, I want it. 
and the pride of life says you deserve it. Nobody should be able to tell you you can't have it. But Jesus said, let's overcome the lust of the flesh. Let's overcome what we see. Let's overcome what we want. And let's overcome what we think we're entitled to. We don't deserve anything that God doesn't want us to have. And so he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 16. Now, Matthew 4 and 9, Jesus, here again, he is taken up. And he says again in verse 8, Again, the devil taketh them into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the earth and the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he saith, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, so here it is. Jesus is tempted with the things of the eye. Look at all these kingdoms. Now, I'm not going to preach about this this morning because I really, I got somewhere I'm going, okay? But think about this. At no point did Satan offer Jesus anything that was illegitimate. Most of the time when Satan is offering something that is illegitimate, he is doing that to a rank sinner to keep them bound. Most of the time when Satan is tempting a a child of God, he is tempting you with what is rightfully yours. See, there's not a bread problem. There wasn't a problem with Jesus turning the rocks into bread. Amen. Because if you go read Mark chapter 6 and John chapter 8, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he broke bread and it came out of his hand. And he turned in nothingness and made bread. No sin in bread. No problem in bread. But Satan was tempting Jesus with the right thing at the wrong time. Now, there wasn't also a problem with angels either because he said, why don't you throw yourself down from here and all these people will look at you and say, thou art the son of God. So he tempts him, throw yourself off of this and angels will gird you up and bear you up. That wasn't a sin, that wasn't a problem because Matthew chapter four and verse 11, then the devils leaveth him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. There was no problem with angels. There was no issue with angels. Uh, the problem was Satan was offering it to him not only that not only that he takes him to an exceeding high mountain and says if you'll if you'll worship me I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world is there a problem with God getting the kingdoms is there a problem with Jesus possessing kingdoms absolutely not you know why because Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15 says uh, that this is the time that the kingdoms of this world uh, have become the kingdoms of our Lord uh, and of his Christ there is no problem uh, with Jesus getting a kingdom Uh, there was a problem with who is offering it. Man, I'm going to tell you, Satan is going to offer you today and tomorrow exactly what God has promised you because Satan wants to get between you and the promise. Uh, Overcoming temptation uh, is saying, I will not let Satan uh, be the curator of my dreams, uh, of my ministry, and of my life. And so Satan offers him legitimate things. And, and this is, uh, I'll just use this as an illustration. You know, y'all can stand up, sit down, do what you want. Just preach with me, okay? I'm not going to tell you you may be seated. You can just be seated when you need to. 
Okay, Satan comes to him and says, I'm going to offer you because you're going to get bread. But if I can be the one that insinuates it, you're going to get kingdoms. But if I can be the one that offers it to you, you're going to get these things. But I want to be the one that is the curator of your ministry. And Jesus said, get thee behind me. There's only one person that's going to give me glory. And that is my father. For I am the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I want to tell you right now, do not let Satan be the curator of what God is going to give you. Don't jump out of line. Don't get in a hurry. He's going to bless your ministry. He's going to bless your life. But don't let Satan be the one that insinuates. Satan will not be my curator. All right. All right. So it has to mean that. But it, it can't mean less than that, any of that. But I, I got to go on because it's got to mean more than that. It's got to mean something infinitely more than that. It's got to mean more than just that when you come into the kingdom and you become a son or a daughter of God, that you're able to stop doing stuff uh, or overcome temptation. Uh, it's got to be more than behavior modification. Uh, it needs to be something that's transformative. Uh, that not just what I do, uh, it's about who you are. Uh, it's about your calling. Uh, it's about what God uh, is asking you to become. Uh, thou art a son uh, and today I will bless you. So it's got to mean more than that. It's got to mean that everywhere where they failed in the Old Testament, Jesus succeeded. See, when you find 40 days in the wilderness, you got to go back. That means something. You got to go back to Numbers chapter 14 and verse 32. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. Your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness after the number of days in which you search the land even 40 days each day for a year shall be your iniquities even 40 years and ye shall know my breach of promise what Jesus is introducing is that everywhere where you failed in the past through Christ you're a success if you didn't do it right in the wilderness there now you can do it right let me show you how to go uh, through 40 days of wilderness right. Uh, let me show you how to win uh, where you used to lose. Uh, let me show you how to conquer uh, where you used to be defeated. Uh, let me show you how to be strong uh, where you used to be weak. Uh, let me show you how to be whole uh, where you used to be broken. Uh, I'm going to show you uh, that I am the new Israel of God. Uh, I am the new Abraham. Uh, I am the new Moses. He's the new Joshua. He's the new lawgiver. Amen. He's the new wilderness experience. Amen. Where they didn't do it right, this one does it right. Where that one was tempted in the wilderness 40 days, that turned into 40 years of disaster. Not this one. He's coming out swinging. And everywhere where they made a mistake, he wins a success. Everywhere they failed and botched their numbers, the Lord is going to excel. 
what Jesus is telling you that the work of the Holy Ghost is more than just behavior modification it cannot be just about what I say no to it has to be about what I say yes to it has to be about what I walk into for he hath brought you out that he might bring you in and if I'm going in I'm going to promise I'm going to healing I'm going to joy I'm going to peace I'm more than what I quit doing I'm more than what I've overcome I'm more than that I'm not this anymore I am somebody that is blood bought out of the miry clay on my feet a rock to stay put joy in my soul Oh, hallelujah. You're the one that used to do this. You're the one, oh, so you go to that church. You don't do this and you don't do that. It isn't about what I don't do. I get joy unspeakable. I gave up lonely days. I gave up sleepless nights. I gave up pornography. I gave up distrust. I gave up sin. I gave up that. But I got it all. Somebody needs to just praise him right here. You're not defined by what you gave up. You're not defined by what you say no to. You're defined by who you are. You're defined by a calling. You're defined by a hope. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious. For the grace of God hath come teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts that we should. See, some of you are stuck on what you shouldn't do. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't watch this. We shouldn't go there. But I'm here because of what I should do. I should be a peculiar people. I should be a royal priesthood. I should dance. I should tithe. I should be in the blessings. I should speak another tongue. These signs shall follow them that believe there isn't a place in the bible that teaches you a list of things you don't do when you get into the kingdom of god those things fall away but you're brought into the marvelous light that you should shoot forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into quit being obsessed with the out of and get the holy ghost about what you're getting ready to step into Where the old Israel and where the old Israel failed, this new son of God, old son of God, which was called Israel, this new one isn't going to stumble. This new one isn't going to falter. For there shall be no end to the government upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, the Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. 
This one won't falter. This one won't stumble. This one won't trip. This one won't walk in circles. This one won't wonder. This one won't just chase his tail. But he'll walk in dominion. Walk in authority. See Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Verse 5, he shall not return into the land of Egypt. Man, he goes on to say uh, that he is the Holy One. Uh, he is the Glorious One. Uh, he shall roar like a lion uh, because this one uh, is a different kind of son. Satan said, oh, i got a son of God here. See, there's nothing that causes hell to go berserk any more than a son and daughter of God. He can handle you doing certain things. He can handle you not doing certain things. But I'll tell you one thing he can't handle is you knowing who you are. See, there's no way out of this thing. There's no blessing in this if all you're going to do is study what you can't do. Because this isn't about what you do or what you don't do. This thing is about sonship. This thing is about calling. This thing is about the glory of God getting down on Monday. And when the lights in this building go off and when the sound system's quiet and you're walking the streets of South Florida, I am a son. I am a daughter. I am a child. I'm a child of the Most High God. There's a son. So, so again, it's let's let's re, let's review right here and summarize. Man, it's got to be about what I do or what I don't do. I understand that. I get it's got to be about it. It's got to be about living a holy life. It's got to be about living a separate life. It can't be less than that. But it's got to be more than that. It's everywhere I failed. With Christ, I'm a success. Amen. See, here's the thing. People think it's about you having power to say no to Satan. It's not. Amen. Because it's the Bible nowhere says, resist the devil and he shall flee from you. It does say it like that, but you can't take it out of context. It says, submit yourself unto God and resist the devil and he shall flee. Resistance without submission is a vain attempt. It's a failed exercise. It's an exercise of futility. But to the degree you say yes to God, to that degree, you have power to say no to Satan but if you say no devil not today devil but you haven't said yes to God Satan laughs he giggles and he says it's only a matter of time I'll knock you down I'll drag you out I'll move you but when I say yes to the degree I say yes to the Spirit. To that degree I have power to say no to Satan. 
but if I'm saying no to Satan without yes to God, I'm a futile exercise in a vain Christianity that is all word and no power. All the things of Christendom without a demonstration of the Spirit because I know how to say no, but I don't know how to say yes. All right, so it's got to mean that. It's got to mean that. But it's got to mean more than that. It's got to mean that I am a son of God. It's got to mean that I overcome sin. And it is that I go through the wilderness correctly. It's got to mean that. It's got to mean that now you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It's got to mean that. So it has to mean more than just avoiding temptation. It has to mean more than just success where there was previous failure. There's something even deeper than those two meanings. It's gotta mean more than a new Israel. It's gotta mean more than just a new Moses and a new Abraham and a new Jacob. It's gotta mean so much more than that. And this is what happens when the Spirit develops a man or woman. For now are ye the sons and daughters of God. Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. See, when you are a son of God, amen, there's a deeper meaning to everything you've ever done and ever will do. Because you're not just in the, in the wilderness. You're led by the Spirit into the wilderness. You're brought here for a purpose. You're going through your season for a cause. You're not just there because you don't know what to do. You're not there because you're bored on a Friday night. You're led by the Spirit. You're not there because you're lonely and you go find somebody. You're led by the Spirit. And everywhere that you're tempted, you shall be able to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Yes. Amen. And everywhere you are led, you will be a success. Yes. But it means more. It means more than just what I do. It means more than just where I'm going. Because now I'm led by the Holy Ghost. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. I don't go into the wilderness and get lost in wondering. I don't chase my tail for 40 years. I know when I go in... And I know when I come out, there's an expiration date on your trial. You're not going to wander around a whole lifetime. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You're going to be all right. But it must mean more than that. And these three temptations outline the tempting of Satan and offering not only three things that are sin and not only does through these three things he tests the weakness of the plan but he also let's scratch a little deeper if you don't mind he also offers him three different identities or false selves he offers him something 
Amen. That is different than what he's called to be. Jesus was led around by the Spirit. Forty days evoked the Israeli spies uh, who wandered for 40 days. Uh, and those days equated into 40 years. Deuteronomy 8 uh, Amen. And two says, Amen, that what they did here is they tested, but they failed. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8 and 3 uh, to let them know that you've got the wrong expectation, Satan. Uh, if you think I'm going to make the same mistake uh, that the first Israel made, uh, but the second son of God uh, is going to conquer. He's going to win. He's going to map his way out. Uh, this is better than mind mapping. This is better than Dr. Peterson. This is the infinite resources of an almighty God. See, Jesus disappointed almost everybody. Amen. I preach a message called the disappointing God. Amen. Jesus, what Jesus would do is he disappointed the Pharisees. He disappointed everyone around him because he wasn't going to be forced into somebody else's mold. He was going to be God's man. In Matthew, amen, and in Mark chapter 3, he disappoints his family. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, he disappoints the people of Nazareth. Amen. He disappoints his disciples. He disappoints re religious leaders uh, because he refuses to be a false self uh, that God had called him to be. Now, some people think that they're going to find self-differentiation in other places. They're going to be weird. Amen. They're going to do things weird because they want to stand out. Let me tell you something. The trendiest, most wild and cutting edge thing you can do is to be an old fashioned Pentecostal. The wildest thing that you can do to differentiate yourself is to walk in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead and get drunk in the Spirit. That's better than any piercing. That's better than any tattoo. That's better than any differentiation that you do by outward modification. You can add a little bit there and you can take off a little bit. But that's not really going to make you stand out. What makes you stand out is who you are, not what you do. Not a little more here and a little less there. Be who God called you to be. And so, man, he offers Jesus three different versions of the self. He get, begins by offering Jesus in temptation one. Man, he offers him the temptation to do something. If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made into bread. If you are the son of God. So here's the problem. Too much of my preaching about Matthew 4 and Luke 4 is about what we do. 
But when Satan cornered Jesus, it wasn't about what he did. It was about who he was. It wasn't if you're holy, if you're better, if you're overcomer, if you do this. It, it's if you say you're the son of God. This is an identity issue. This isn't a behavior issue. This is an identity thing. If you're the son of God, I want you to turn these stones into bread. But see, Jesus had just come from where the Spirit had just, now I'm gonna preach. Jesus had just led him, amen, to the waters of baptism to be baptized in the Jordan. And the Bible says that John baptized him and Jesus coming straightway up out of the water. Now, you can't come straightway up out of a sprinkle. So if you've only been sprinkled, you need to get baptized today in Jesus' name. Because you gotta do what Jesus did. Jesus didn't get a little sprinkle. He went down in the water. And coming straightway up out of the water, amen, there was a voice from heaven that sounded and said, this is my well-beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Satan said, how can that be the son of God? He hadn't done anything. When the voice from heaven sounded, the blind eye had never been opened. The deaf ear had never been unstopped. The lame hasn't leaped for joy yet. But if this is my son, I'm already very happy. I'm already very pleased. He's my child. He's my son. Hey, don't have to do works in order to be what I've called him to be. Satan says, you can't be the son of God. You haven't done enough. And this temptation, number one, is the temptation of performance. You haven't done good enough. You haven't behaved good enough. You haven't won enough battles. You haven't done enough tricks. But I've come to tell you right now, that if Pentecost don't get the deliverance over the performance identity, amen, we are going to self-destruct some of the greatest revivals and the greatest moves of God that God has offered uh, in the last 100 years uh, because we're so insecure and because we're so self-centered uh, that we think we got to compete uh, against one another. See, brother, I don't have to compete against you. I can celebrate you. I can celebrate your successes uh, because I'm hooked uh, to the infinite resources uh, of my father. Uh, I don't have to perform. Uh, I don't have to do tricks. Uh, I don't have to do things uh, in order to gain God's acceptance. And people who don't get this revelation are jealous, myopic, competitive, hateful, spiteful. Why? Because they're threatened by their lack of performance. And so anyone else's performance, anyone else's miracle becomes a threat to theirs. But in the Holy Ghost today, I tell you, I don't have to be threatened by anybody. 
because you have a father and I have a father and I hear a voice that says thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased before I ever do a miracle I am loved of the father before I ever do a miracle I'm blessed of God before I ever do a trick I am a son of God Yes, it must mean that I overcome temptation. It can't mean less, but it has to mean more. Yes, it means that I am in a new wilderness and where I failed yesterday, I will succeed tomorrow. It can't mean less than that, but it has to mean more than that. And when you get the sonship, all of a sudden I'm not threatened by everybody else. I'm rejoicing. I laugh when they laugh. I clap when they clap. I shout when they shout. And I get joy. But, but I'm bigger than what I do. Jesus had not yet done anything. What contribution had he made in the world at that point? Very little, if any. And Satan said, how can you be who you claim to be if you're doing less than what I think a son should be? Well, let me tell you something, Satan. I don't have to do tricks and dances for you. Man, I, I don't have to just spit in the devil's eye and stomp on his head. Man, because really, that's what he wants is a full frontal assault that squares off about what we do. How loud I yell, how much I perform. But when Jesus walked into the wilderness, there was an echo in the depths of his inner core convictions. He was hearing the echo of love and heaven. Thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was the empowerment of where he was going and what he was doing. If you would get attached to what God is saying in your life, you wouldn't care about what the devil's threatening you with. You wouldn't care about the mouth, the lip, the clap. Hey man, you wouldn't care about any of that. In your head would be the voice, thou art my son. Our culture demands that you contribute to a certain level or else you can't be acceptable. But before you ever say no to anything, before you ever win a temptation, brother, before you ever have a ministry, before you ever get a calling on your life, there's got to be a voice that says just so that you, you know, the problem with a lot of ministries is they're so obsessed with Instagram they're so obsessed with Facebook and social media and they're so desperate to be this or be that and be this and do that and they get out there 
and they go to start something or be something and they really don't know who they are. So the first 10 years of their life, they spend up just destroying and jacking up a church and twisting people because one day they're this, the next day they're that. And pretty soon you're standing on shaky ground. You don't want to be led by somebody that doesn't know who he is. Remember, when you're led by a man of God that says, I know who I am. I know what my calling is. I know what the voice of God is in my life. You're not on shaky ground. You're not in a mercurial world. You're not in an up and down. Why? Because the voice of heaven rings in your ear. Thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. Temptation 2. He says, you're the son of God? How can you be the son of God? You don't have any kingdoms. I've got kingdoms. You don't possess what you're supposed to possess to be blessed. So if you don't have the possess, then you can't be blessed according to Satan. But before I ever had a kingdom, I was a son of God. Before I ever had a church, before I ever had a ministry, before I ever had anything in my life, I heard the voice that said, Thou art my well-beloved Son, in whom I'm well-pleased. You don't have to have anything but Jesus to be blessed. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm blessed not because of what I possess. I'm blessed because who my daddy is, who my father is. If that not yet appear, you, you, you don't see it, Satan. But one day, one glorious day, this mortal is going to put on immortality. And this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. And we shall be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Come here, boy. Let me help you. Come here. Takes him up into a high mountain. Come here, chap. Come here, boy. Son of God. You're the son of God? Well, come on, Jesus. You see all these kingdoms? I got kingdoms. What do you got? If you'll worship me, I'll give you possessions. Because you can't be the son of God and be like you are. <laughs> come on, any dummy can see you're not blessed. You're not there yet. You're not that guy. How do you shouting and speaking in tongues and acting like you got dominion? How do you have dominion? You don't have kingdoms. I tempt you to fall into the identity of you're no better than what you possess. But Jesus standing there said, it is written. It is written. Thou shalt not worship anything or anyone 
except the Lord thy God. I don't have to have anything when I've got the voice of heaven. I'm not what I am because of what I have. I'm what I am because of who loved me, who bought me with his blood. For now are ye washed. For now are ye sanctified, justified, glorified, elected, predestined. I'm a son of God. Well, what do you got in your pocket that proves sonship? What do you what what kind of keys to what car? What kind of house and driveway do you pull in? You can't be blessed. You can't be a son and daughter of God. You don't have enough trinkets. But Jesus stood there and he said, "It you can't recognize who I am yet. But one day, one glorious day, hey man, you're going to see me come coming in the clouds of glory. Amen. At the right hand of the Father. You can't see me, but in a little while I'll walk on water. In a little while I'll raise the dead. In a little while I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. It does not yet appear what I am, but wait a minute. I shall come forth as pure gold. All right, all right, all right. So I can't get him to buy in to an identity that says you are what you do. I can't get him to fall to the trap of performance. I can't get him to trap and he thinks he doesn't need any of this stuff. Amen, because he has the love of his father. Okay, the only thing I can do now is I can take him up to the temple and he takes him to a pinnacle on a high temple. And he overlooks from that pinnacle. And if you go to if you go to Israel with Bishop Williams and Bishop King, amen, they're gonna take you right up to the place where it was the pinnacle of the temple. It's one of the only original things left. And it's laying down there on the ground. Amen. And you're going to be able to walk by and touch exactly where Jesus was. Amen. There's not much left of where Jesus was because the Romans destroyed it. But the parapet of that pinnacle is there. And you feel that when you touch that. You got to say to that devil, I'm not buying in to the temptation of popularity. I've defeated you over performance. I, I defeated you uh, over possessions. Uh, I'm going to defeat you over popularity. Uh. You got people today. You got people today committing suicide over harsh and cruel things said on social media. You got people that are in deep states of depression and oppression and young people at school because some hateful person, some spiteful person left hateful and rude and mocking comments on their social media. And they're devastated because when they posted their pain, they didn't get enough likes and they didn't get enough help. And now they're falling and caving to the temptation that you're no better than what others think of you. These people down there don't even know who you are, Jesus. How can you be the son of God? 
why don't you throw yourself down off this pinnacle and the angels will catch you and the angels will bear you up and all them people down there they'll know you are the son of God indeed you are the Messiah and Jesus said more cheap tricks that's what you want me to do to prove sonship I'm not in an identity crisis I'm in a love relationship with a God that loves me in spite of what I do in spite of what I have and in spite of what others think of me you're more important brother than what popular opinion thinks of you you're more important than the zeitgeist of the hour you're more important than just the trimmer of popularity of the wave of who's blessed and who's liked I am a son of God thou art my well beloved son and it doth not yet appear what I shall be but one day brother when I see him I shall be like him brother I'm not gonna struggle with what I am anymore I'm not gonna fight with who I'm not but when I see him I shall be like him stand with me today I feel something in the Holy Ghost right now I feel like telling someone in this place that God is very proud of you for what you don't do anymore. And God is very proud of you that you don't do the things you used to do. And that is very meaningful. But that's not what makes you an anointed person. I feel like telling somebody else in this place that you will get the kingdom. Don't worry. Don't panic. Don't fret. Young preacher, don't get out of your way. Don't, don't get out of the place where God has you. Don't get out under the hand and the mantle of bishop. Don't, don't strike it out to do your own thing to prove a point. It's a self-defeating exercise. But if you could ever walk into that moment when you're baptized of the purpose of God, and when you come up out of that water, there's a voice that says, Thou art my son, thou art my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. It's at that moment that competition evaporates. It's at that moment that insecurity begins to ebb and flow away from the core of my consciousness and the center of my core convictions of who I am. And I begin to lift my hands and say, this is what I've wanted my whole life to be secure. This is, some of you couldn't even prove to your own mom and dad that you was worth loving. But there's a God in heaven that takes in the orphan and takes in the fatherless and says, thou art my son some of you have come through hell and high water some have fought through every opposition in life some have scratched and scrapped for everything you got and just the other night you was in a prayer room and you asked God if I'm blessed why is it so hard for me if I'm your anointed then why do I have to fight so hard to gain so little I've come to preach to you that God heard your prayer and you don't have to fight you are loved of the father you are blessed of his glory you are anointed of his spirit you've 
wept, you've cried, you've prayed, and you've asked what the matriarch of the Old Testament asked. If I am blessed, why am I thus? Hallelujah. If I am anointed of God, why is it so hard for me? Because the Lord isn't going to let you launch into performing miracles, possessing kingdoms, or making bread until you nail down that that's not what makes you. What makes you is the love of God. What makes you is the power. Amen. You're not made because of what you do. You're made because of what he did for you. Because of where he brought you from. Where he bought you. You don't have to work it up today. You can just open your spirit right now. And say, love on me, Jesus. Come on, feel after the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, I open these altars right now. Somebody needs to come in here and lay down the battle of performance. Lay down the battle of possession. Lay down the battle of popularity. And let one, one God, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you, God is saying. Come on, open your spirit to it right now. Come on, you need to open up to it. Let me know your love right now, God. Let me know your call right now. Feel after him. I will be what you've called me to be. I'll say yes, Lord. I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you called me to be. That's what I'll be.
few more moments this morning. Come on, God is remaking who you are. God is changing your identity this morning. like a dog the duck knows it's a duck ducks only do duck things and when you resolve the identity crisis you, those things that you used to have proclivities to uh, they just begin to fade away uh, because you got a fresh revelation uh, that's not who I am uh, I'm not confused anymore uh, I'm not wondering anymore uh, I know exactly uh, who God said uh, that I there's somebody in the building this very uh, moment. Uh, there's a God moment in the house right now. Uh, and God wants you to lift your hands uh, and, and just renounce uh, that old identity. Uh, I've been Jacob my whole life. Uh, I've embraced confusion about my identity uh, my whole life. Uh, but God, I hear your voice. Uh, and you're calling me uh, to sonship. Uh, you're called. Come on, lift your hands. Uh, Trajectory of your future. 
to walk out of this place different uh, than you came. Come on, your fingerprints uh, are going to be different than they were when you came in the building. Your DNA is going to be different uh, than you were. Come on, uh, I don't care who your mama was, uh, who your daddy was, uh, who your grandpa was. Uh, I don't care how many generations. Uh, you're going to start a brand new family. Uh, you're going to start a brand Come on. Uh, woo! Let's clap our hands and give God praise for what he's done in this house this morning.